The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Vice Mayor, welcome. Hi, Scott. Oh, thank you. Well, it is five o'clock after all, and this is a public meeting that's supposed to start at five, so we will start this evening. Uh, so first of all, I just want to welcome everyone who's present here in the chambers with us for this Committee of the Whole meeting of the Kalamazoo City Commission for Monday, September 19th and also welcome anyone who is watching online. First order of business is to call the roll call. Clerk Borling. Commissioner Decker. Commissioner Hess. Present. Commissioner Hoffman. Present. Commissioner Juarez. Commissioner Pradle. Present. Vice Mayor Cooney. Present. Mayor Anderson. Here. Thank you so much, Clerk Borling. May I have a motion to excuse Commissioner Juarez and Commissioner Decker from the meeting this evening? So moved. Motion made by Commissioner Huffman. Supported by Vice Mayor Cooney. All in favor, please say aye. 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 All opposed, nay. All right, motion passes. We have a, uh, we're lucky to have with us this evening our newly uh, promoted entitled Chief Operations Officer. Cool. All right. Thank you. I'm Good evening, everybody. Ahead. Yes. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Uh, we have a great presentation for you talking about uh, economic development, in particular activities that the Foundation for Excellence has invested in. As you're aware, we're celebrating the fifth anniversary of Foundation for Excellence. We want to bring programs and projects for you. Oh, I'm sorry. We're supposed to start with public comments. Is that what you're saying? It's so usually. That would be on the agenda. I'm, I'm so excited about the presentation, I wanted, to jump, <laughs> I wanted to jump right in. So hold that thought. We're actually going to start with public comments. And I want to thank Andy Miller for filling in tonight for Jeff Chamberlain. Thank you very much, Andy. Well, I, I just thought that was your communication. That was what's right. I just got really excited about the presentation. Uh, thank you, Clerk Borling. Uh, next on our Committee of the Whole agenda, then, is the opportunity for public comments. So we'll start with anyone who's in the chamber who'd like to make any comments for this whole meeting. Just a reminder that the comments are two minutes at the Committee of the Whole. You'll have an opportunity to make comments later at our business meeting at 7 o'clock. Is there anyone in the chambers who'd like to make any comments? Yes, please come forward, state your name, whether you live in the city, and you'll have two minutes. Hi, my name's Astoria, and I'm from the uh, north side of uh, Kalamazoo. I have questions about the water uh, system. Is it safe, and um, what type of issues do you have with this water? Because, you know, they just changed my uh, copper uh, pipes in my basement, and they said that it uh, has lead in the water. So that's why I came to this meeting today, because I'm very concerned, not just for you know, my community, you know, I've been hearing 
about the water service being bad. And I just have questions about that. And why are you charging so much for this water system when I can't even, you know, drink the water or um, cook with the water? I have to buy water, you know, every month. So that's my question and concerns. Thank you very much for coming to express those. Uh, is there anyone else in the chambers? I don't see anybody from public services here at this meeting. I'm sure that they could provide a very direct answer to you about your particular question. At our seven o'clock meeting, I believe there'll probably be somebody here. Yeah, that's also for follow-up. Thank you, Commissioner Hess. If you want to sign in here at the podium, or leave any contact information, we can get back in touch with you. Thank you. Next, please. Anyone else to speak? Hi, uh, my name is Kay. I go by Kay. And I'm just here. Um, thank you, Commissioner Hess, for responding to my emails and connecting me with RLM. Um, I just have a few issues. Um, there's a really serious disconnect um, between city commissioners and KDPS and the community. We do not trust the community. And I want to read some of the oil prices about city leadership. Many people commented to us about the effectiveness of city leadership, citing broad concerns about transparency, accountability, city's communication created a sense of deception or mistrust, mistrust and heightened sense of disconnect between the community and public safety and government. Um, so that's real, because you trust KDPS, but we don't. And the oil report says why. KDPS, many attributes are seemingly subject to being undermined by high sensitivity to challenges, even while meaning questioning, and a measure of tone deafness with regards to community concerns and evolving expectations. We encourage KDPS to build on its strengths by embracing a paradigm of clear communication, receptivity, rigorous self-screening, and openness to reform. But we do not have the sense that KDPS itself has committed to an introspective view that might produce some of the same observations, weighing of alternatives and learning opportunities. We encourage you to do so. I'm about to submit my appeal to the Citizens Review Board, and so far there has been no appeals that been sustained by the city manager. So I'm going to waste my time going through those violent videos of me being assaulted by KDPS while I was pregnant so that the city manager could, um, could deny that. I'm sorry, I'm just having a hard time going through those videos so that the city manager can deny my case. I was assaulted by KDPS while I was pregnant. I've been going through this for postpartum, doing my pregnancy, and it's it's... You are so disconnected, and I want to connect with you all. Thank you for coming to our meeting and expressing your concerns. Is there anyone else in the chambers? Seeing no one in the chambers at this time, uh, Andy? from our IT department, Collins. There appears to be, one moment. Caller, you have two minutes. Please go ahead with your comments. Hi, 
Hi, this is Brandy Crawford Johnson, former Kalamazoo resident. I know you guys have seen the articles lately, and obviously we are still having a huge air pollution problem on the northeast side of Kalamazoo. I'm calling in to again ask Kalamazoo leaders to do what they can to stop north siders and east siders from being poisoned by the highly toxic gases that graphic packaging and the wastewater plant releases. I recall you bragging about a $400 million donation you received from the Foundation of Excellence, but I've yet to see you use it to relocate anyone. I think Laura is about to do a presentation on Foundation of Excellence funds being used for economic development, but the main concern you should be using any funds for is stopping people from being poisoned to death. Um, you guys know that the Northside neighborhood is considered a disadvantaged environmental justice community. You know there's a 14-year death gap. You know over a 1,000 babies die every year in the neighborhood. You know Northside has the highest asthma hospitalization rate. You know residents and employees on Riverside Drive are sick at work with burning eyes, headaches, stomach aches, and asthma attacks. Your county community is literally being fully gassed to death, and you're waiting on agencies who never even told you your city was in danger to help you. Only you can help your community. You have the money. You know people are being poisoned. Take action tonight to save lives. Show everyone you really care. Thank you, Andy. One call. All right. Said it. Thank you very much. So I just want to thank everyone that took the time and made the effort to co either come here or call in and make comments for our Community of the Whole meeting this evening. Next, we are down to uh, the work of this particular Community of the Whole meeting, and I will turn it over to Chief Operations Officer Lamb. So this is the presentation that I was excited for. <laughs> just to start off again, we do have Antonio Mitchell, Community Planning Economic Development Director here. Um, he's joined with Melody Dakin. Uh, they're going to start by giving us a presentation. We also have some of our team members from United Way that will be participating as well. Thank you, Antonio. Thank you. Um, I'm excited as well. Uh, COO, Laura Lamb. Um, I'd like to thank um, the mayor, uh, Mayor Anderson, uh, Vice Mayor Cooley, and commissioners uh, for having us here to do this presentation. Um, long time coming. I think I was here a year and a half ago. Um, totally different presentation uh, for some of our commissioners that were here before and uh, Mayor Anderson. Um, so hopefully this will um, extend what we presented before to that next level. So pretty much foundation of what we do or what we've been doing in um, economic development um, stems from Imagine Kalamazoo um, 2025. Um, economic vitality um, is our focus and in our process of looking at this um, direction, we um, took upon ourselves to make sure we created programming and services that fit into that component of um, implementation. So this strategic direction to, is to Rural counties are into a vibrant, diverse, increasingly regional destination while supporting the local economy to benefit individuals across all income levels. Um, and that's been critical for um, our approach. Economic vitality requires investment in mixed use, uh, walkable urban centers, and unique neighborhood based businesses. So, most of this presentation is going to follow in that flow of what we've been doing over the last 
two to three years to initiate that and what our next steps are going forward. As you get packets um, and in your memo, you'll see usually some icon that says this is what falls into Imagine Kalamazoo. Um, a good number of our presentations and memos that come to you come with this icon that really hits on um, the strategic goal of Imagine Kalamazoo. Um, that will be consistent on our pattern of making sure that not only what we're trying to accomplish, but who we're trying to affect fits into this initiative of creating an equity approach um, here in this community. So as before, when I gave a presentation, one thing that we've been um, collaborating with and working on is understanding the business community needs and in, in the process of pretty much analyzing how to best approach the right partners and collaborations to make sure we hit those needs and building the right relationships with um, not only large organizations, but also smaller organizations. So hopefully this uh, presentation will give you some ideas of not only what we're working on right now, but hopefully future collaborations that we're um, initiating as well. As you can see from this list, is really looking at the economic and workforce development opportunities. Um, we're trying to approach this in a um, two-pronged approach of trying to make sure, if you're trying to create equity in the community. Um, one thing I learned from Vice Mayor Cooney in years past is you have to really focus on um, a wage that's livable. So how do you get there? It's two, two approach on how we're approaching it. One, either you're creating um, economic opportunity by creating small businesses, or you're creating workforce development initiatives that assist individuals to get better skills and capabilities that they can move their income into a position that stabilizes their family. And so we've been working with um, Share Prosperity Kalamazoo underneath our umbrella to expand that training opportunity here, in particular on the north side with NACD, with some of the programming that they're doing um, and assisting individuals to move, um, as they say, out of poverty um, income into livable wage income um, opportunities. And that has been very successful. Now, we will not talk about that today. Um, that was talked about a little bit by um, Kevin Ford when he gave his presentation. So we will not be duplicating that information. But I wanted to make sure this um, body uh, understands that that is a critical part of what we're doing, not just creating businesses, but we're also working on the workforce development initiative as well. So this is a list of some of the partners, um, not all of them, but mainly the resources we've been trying to connect to. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do, which will uh, be talked about in the presentation when Ms. Dakin um, gets up to speak is, um, five years ago, we as a body of government um, paid to do research on, do we need a small business incubator? The answer was yes. Um, it took some time, um, but we're finally here. Um, we're looking at hopefully having the um, incubator open this fall, um, and we as um, city staff will have a presence at the incubator, and that will be talked about a little bit more in the presentation as well. Um, our initiative is to hopefully draw people in to take advantage of all the resources in the community, but also make sure that they're having the opportunity to get additional training, education, and resources that benefit not only their businesses, but hopefully them as individuals in running their businesses. So 
one staff person that cannot make it here, but I wanted to make sure everyone knew. Uh, Paul Thornringer, um, our um, economic development supervisor now, um, is working with pretty much development opportunities, not only um, in our downtown area, but also in our neighborhoods. In particular, focusing on um, pretty much redevelopment, brownfield development, um, site acquisition, identification. And this does not only include economic development, but he also assists with also housing development, in particular mixed-use development projects. Um, so there's been a couple of um, um, LIHTC components that have been brought forth um, that are mixed-use development um, to this commission most lately. And he's been involved with that process, working with our housing development initiative. And hopefully what we're trying to do is we want to see housing development, and when we're looking at um, multi-development projects, we would like to have not a lot of commercial space, but some commercial space in that uh, facility to provide opportunities for um, individuals to have, as I say, walking close by um, ec economic development opportunities um, in the neighborhoods. So you'll see, hopefully, in the future, more mixed-use development um, projects that will have some commercial aspect in it, not a whole lot but at least some. So I'm going to turn this over to Ms. Melanie Dakin. Um, she's going to speak about um, what we're doing, what she's been up to, and also she's going to be inviting United Way um, um, to the mic to give you a little additional information on what uh, we've been doing with them over the last three years. Um, I think it's very um, beneficial to the community to hear where are these FFE dollars going? How are they really having an impact? And hopefully, this is hopefully the beginning. Um, this initiative that we're working on, um, that Melanie's leading up, will hopefully open additional doors for additional dollars outside of just FFE. That's the dream, and that's what we'll be working on. And hopefully, with this collaboration with United Way, we'll open up some additional doors for additional funding to continue this process. So. Hi, good evening, everyone. My name is Melody Dakin. I'm the Neighborhood Business and Special Projects Coordinator. I'm still trying to figure out what that special projects are. I have to clarify with Antonio what that is still. <laughs> um, I've been in this role for almost two years, uh, which is kind of weird to think about. It'll be two years in November. I started up in my bedroom and on Zoom and a camera, and now I'm here in person, so big step. Um, the Business Development Fund is like an implement implementation tool of the business develop of the Imagine Kalamazoo plan. So I try to think of like Antonio kind of started at the top, Imagine Kalamazoo. Then we have the economic vitality, and then we have a bus the Business Development Fund is a piece of that. And then further down, there's programs uh, that kind of branch out from that fund. And I'm going to be talking about those programs that we're doing. A uh, so few of the programs are like technical assistance, some grant dollars for facade and white box. Facade is uh, improvements to the street facing wall of the business. And then white box, I'm, when I say white box dollars, I mean in dollars that are going towards the inside of the business, things like HVAC, flooring, uh, those sort of things. And I think what's important to mention here is that we're starting uh, 
investing in the businesses that haven't been invested in before. And I think there's a lot of trust to build still, that, that that's what I'm learning. And uh, we have to meet businesses where they're at, I think. So I'm gonna talk about some of those things. Uh, so these are some, not, ooh, I'm supposed to go to the next slide, okay. I need to breathe. <laughs> uh, these are some of the programs that uh, our team is in charge of, and I think I'm presenting, but really it's we. I think of there's so many different partners that we can't do this work without, that I can't come and talk to, your, to you today without mentioning entrepreneurs are coming with me. We have resources that are coming with us all together, so um, I just want you to keep that in mind when you uh, listen to this. Uh, we have some focus on business retention, so uh, talking to some of the businesses, seeing what they need, and matching them to resources in the community. Uh, and I'll mention the recruiting and marketing initiative. That's something that uh, downtown, what, what tools can the downtown, um, could downtown use to grow their businesses and recruit businesses downtown? And then the investment in uh, minority-owned businesses and women-owned businesses, and the contractor group, which I'll talk about later on. And then Salesforce, I'll mention at the bottom, we've been using Salesforce for just over a year, so starting to learn what data have we pulled out of that, and we're still, you know, obviously that's such a huge, powerful piece of software that a few staff are learning, and. Um, we're continuing to pull out data on that, on like how many businesses we really have and are the businesses growing and are they sort of meeting, um, what, what tools and resources do they need. This is a video that I wanted to kind of break up with um, to talk about, this, this highlights DeMargio White, he's the owner of Huey D's uh, goodies, and he went through the Black Entrepreneurship Training Academy, Beta, uh, last year, and the city had uh, paid for, or given grants to uh, each individual who wanted to apply $5,000 technical assistant grant, so he received an investment in that, and this is just a video that uh, we interviewed him a few months ago, and he talked about his business a little bit. Hi, my name is Demarjo White, owner of Huey D's Goodies. We specialize in gourmet cheesecake and cheesecake cupcakes. Huey D's Goodies has been established for about three years. We started the business back in April of 2019, and since then we've grown. We're in six locations here in Kalamazoo, Midtown Fresh, Park Street Market, Harding's on 9th Street, Chocolate Tea and Portage, Twine Urban Winery, and then La Familia Cafe, located right here downtown Kalamazoo. Last year, I participated in the beta program here in Kalamazoo, which is the incubator program for black business owners to pretty much help them elevate and get their business to the next level. In that program, they teach you on how to have the proper mindset to be an entrepreneur. They teach you how to set up your finances, you know, with QuickBooks, so that way you can track all your expenses and what's coming in, what's going out. Everyone who completed the program received a grant from the city, which was about $5,000. With that grant, I took the, that money and pretty much reinvested into my business, whether it was buying more equipment, um, putting money aside for legal legal services as far as like my uh, business consultant or money for my website and my mobile app. Um, but 
that program has definitely helped me grow as an individual and the money from that program has also helped my business grow a lot. Like I said, providing me the money to buy more equipment and expand and buy more product and just, you know, being able to stay afloat through tough times. We're located downtown. We went out to First Baptist Church. Well, it was called the First Baptist Church. Now it's called the KNAC building. But I've been down for about two years. And in that amount of time, I, I was able to you know, get in the locations, branch out and get exposure for my business. I pretty much have you know, 24 hour access to this kitchen. You know, I have a good relationship with the church members, the board members here, so we're on the same page. And they actually want to see me thrive, so they, whatever they can do to help me, they're all for it. I definitely encourage everybody to take advantage of the opportunity when opportunity becomes, because it's definitely worth it. This is the next, I wanted to mention also the uh, facade and white box dollars, which are uh, an investment that we give to businesses focused in the SBK neighborhoods. Uh, and I wanted to just highlight one, this is 1116 Lake Street in the Edison neighborhood. Uh, this was some uh, business owner, Jacqueline Mitchell, uh, who has a project called Urban Exposure. So you can see upstairs there's an apartment that was totally renovated. I think it's a two unit, affordable. And then also downstairs, there's a couple um, kitchen she wants to turn into and a few office spaces and eventually like a retail space that she's growing in the next phase. I'm happy to give details later on invest. If you have questions about like numbers and things, I can give those to you. One other piece of uh, city funding through the Business Development Fund are technical assistant grants, which these are for businesses that have been in business for a year and uh, have a business address in the city limits. Uh, you can apply, it's up to $5,000. You can use it for things like a point of sale, like if you need one of those square readers, if you need um, a new laptop, business phone, uh, website consultation, branding, just to kind of set your business and like take, you've been in business for a year, a lot of these businesses came out of COVID, out of their home, and they want to take their business to the next level. So getting those like key foundational pieces in place is, is really, really important. And I think it's a, people have said it's a great use of, their, of the dollars to be able to get those things in place. So maybe they're able eventually to like take out a business loan and kind of have those tight, clean financials in place for them to do so. A couple of programming, so another piece of, we've got the technical assistance, the facade and white box dollars, and then we've got programming. So this is another piece of the business development fund that goes towards programming dollars. So we've given some to the Black Entre Entrepreneurship Training Academy, and then the other half of that we've given, another piece of that we've given towards contractor training. So two programs that this year uh, we've we helped to organize where a blueprint training, which was uh, businesses that were maybe high-end, uh, underrepresented contractors that were making good money and doing okay, but like really needed to take their business to that next level and kind of were unable to know how to do that or just needed some assistance to make those introductions and 
that sort of thing. So we had four businesses start with that, and then three businesses kind of completed at the end. Um, and then we also had Core 60 program, which we named it Core 60 because you need 60 hours to get your business, your um, builder's license. So uh, we met Wednesday nights, the group, uh, we met at CPED Wednesday nights, and Mayor Anderson came to one of them. <laughs> and to kind of get, get businesses prepped to go through uh, that, con that contractor licensing training at the end. It's a rough test. I mean, it's hard. There's math in there. There's equations and like traject, you know, these math things that are complicated. And we need that in-person training. I think just meeting in person and being able to build that trust with a group is so important. More valuable than maybe even the test taking. To have like a network of people that you can trust, that you knew that showed up every week, that you can call. Um, and a lot of that goes towards the container. I think I give a lot of Kudos to Room 35, who they're here today, Josh and Donovan, um, if we have questions. They really developed this really strong container every week to show up. We brought dinner every week. We had sweet businesses that you know were also up and coming, bringing catering every week, that this was a new exposure for them too. And you showed up, people showed up as they were. They were busy, they had a full day of work, and they showed up as they were. And you know, just took the next step. So we haven't done the, I think the businesses are taking their tests this month. So we'll see how many pass and let you know, um, let you know the results of that. This is a numbers page. So I'm gonna talk about a little bit about last year and this year. Um, you can read that we had facade, white box, and tuck and close installers. Uh, you can look at the numbers if you have questions. I also have, num have numbers like about specific neighborhoods. Um, if you want that information, I can get that to you separately. Or like what was the demographic breakdown, I can provide that information to you too. I think takeaway from this slide is that there's a lot of people on the waiting list that want to um, get some in investment in their in their infrastructure, their brick and mortar of their business. We have like 50, over 50 businesses on this waiting list. So excited to use those ARPA dollars, which thank you for approving that. And we're gonna put those to work. Key takeaways from like what I want to leave you with are uh, access, low barrier access to capital matched with education, I think is really, really key and something that we're really committed to. Uh, meeting business owners where they're at, I think I'm getting phone calls, texts, like emails, like all communication, like, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you, one thing I remember doing a lot, like haven't got one recently, but like our um, hotspots, People just need a hotspot for their business. So I go pick one at the library, and the library's been giving them to us and just letting us you know, give them to business owners, which has been really key. They don't have to go to the library themselves. We just get it to them. So I think we've given out maybe 10 or 12 of those so far, which you think that's something small, but like to have a city, uh, to that's part of, I think, my role is like connecting people to that next step, whatever they need, you know? Um, one thing I think
think it's important too is just this this ecosystem where we haven't in, we haven't invested in this ecosystem before or in a long time. So we are taking what we're learning and trying to do the best with what we have. And we have this huge opportunity, this huge amount of dollars and resources. It's a huge responsibility. So I think we are doing our best. We have a, some really great tools in place. And I'd love if you have any feedback or ideas or people you've talked to. I want to know how to improve. So please let me know and connect, let me know and connect with our team and we can figure out how to best address. Uh, one last thing is the word is out. I mean, people, people are calling us a lot saying like, you've helped this business, you've helped my friend, like how can I get help? So I think that's a good thing. Um, and we're looking forward to, to keep, keep matching the needs of where people are at. So let's see. This is a vi video about Room 35 and their two contractor programs that they did. Um, we're just kind of wrapping up the Core 60 program, like I mentioned. People are going to be taking the test next month, later this month, actually. And um, it kind of shows like a little bit of the people in the program and what they have to say and how, how this investment with the FFE dollars have, been, have affected them. is an accelerator program specifically to deliver results for underserved and underrepresented contractors here in Kalamazoo. Trying to really grow their businesses a minimum of uh, 10 to 30 percent over the time of the program. We really try to imagine that we own the business ourselves, like completely putting ourselves in their shoes. Bills are coming up, things are tight, we understand the feelings that you're having. We don't want them to feel that way. We want to make sure that they're feeling good, that they're financially secure and comfortable. We're all about taking action. What can we do every single day to get them to the next level? We have been to these kinds of meetings before. Where they promise us a lot of stuff, and then it all just dries up and blows away. Nothing happens. But it's not been that way with this program. They have really been motivators. They've done what they said they would do more than we would ever expect it. I had the uh, courage to get started, but some of the finer points of running a business I was unfamiliar with, and that's where the accelerator program came in. I've, I've really seen how things are changing for me, and, and that's the most positive part. That's been a hugely impactful thing for us as consultants is to walk in there, and as the months have progressed, to see the tangible results from getting their books in line getting their accounting, and now with the second phase of the program, we're looking to implement marketing strategy, sales strategy. Uh, accounting needs, whatever it may be, they seem to be pretty well connected with other people in the community. That wasn't a strong point of mind before. We've been able to network and develop strategic partnerships with organizations here in town that have enabled us to bring what we have in our expertise and pair that with the construction world. They've gotten us meetings with owners of, of contracting firms and allowed us to get a seat at the table that we probably would have never had. We can be more competitive with bigger contractors and it makes us think about a lot of the things that we never used to really worry about, but it gives us that comfort because we're looking at 360 degrees now and knowing everything's gonna be in place when this is all said and done. It's been a very, very good program for us to be part of. 
here soon, I'm gonna run out of projects to do for friends and family. So it was right on time for me to, to grow and scale the business. This class takes these businesses, these companies, these individuals who run them and develop them so that the folks that come behind us have examples of what success looks like from a person that looks like them. I think when we go to these groundbreakings in town of new developments, new houses being built, we see the same kind of people, the same people that, that look like us and look like me. And we want to diversify that. What you'll find here in the city of Kalamazoo is that you know, there isn't many uh, people of color who have larger businesses to be able to take on larger contracts. The intent behind Core 60, trying to remove the excuse of why we can't or why we haven't as a people been able to uh, capitalize on the opportunity. There's county projects going on, there's city projects going on, there's federal funding where you have to be licensed to do some of those projects in, in neighborhoods. So that's just a door that's open. So specific barriers that are broken through having that license. It's been absolutely amazing. Everyone in there is, you know, 10 years plus my age. Their experience and their knowledge, I'm just feeding off of that. Every week I'm just coming in here, you know, learning something new, it's like, wow. It was very difficult to sit down in a room full of people and say, I need this, I need that, out of pride, out of uh, shame, out of shyness. But they have been able to push the boundaries uh, enough for me to express myself. You wanna know, you know, can you trust this person? Can you depend on them? All of those group of individuals that's been in there, I know I can depend on them because they came here every week. Building one of those processes, building that infrastructure, in the long run allows you to hit your goals, your objectives, that finish line target, whatever that looks like, five-year targets, 10-year targets. Well, how do you get there? You have to get there with processes and infrastructure. The knowledge and the um, information that I receive probably more beneficial than easily you know, pinpointing, hey, I need to go pull a permit for myself to sit in a room full of you know 12 guys who are much older than me and make me laugh every day and teach me so many things, whether I'm not on the job site with them or we're just sitting there talking about absolutely nothing, but I still learned something. When, when it all boiled down, I came in here and I, you know, I was scrapping for business and financially, I'm doing pretty well now. If the individuals who are seeing me and seeing me grow and they want to grow in that direction as well, Core 60 has done its job. They have helped me stay focused. They have been polishing me, in a sense. If anybody is looking for someone that will be with them on the journey, I will definitely support Room 35 to be with them. All you have to do is try. And reaching out to them is the first step. Everything else comes right after that. What's next? Uh, Micro Business Development Center, that is a piece of the incubator that's gonna be opening up soon. Uh, really excited about that, I'll have an office there and I think some of our team members will be there to one place where a business can go and take the next step. So I think that's really important. We're, we're hearing like, where do I go? There's this over here, this over here. No, there's one place, you come here, 
and we're all here, we can direct you where you need to go to take that next step to grow your business. A uh, tiny update about the, the accelerator. Um, we, I just talked to uh, Lucy Dilly today. Uh, they are at 519 South Park. They're gonna be moving in, they're thinking mid-year next year. Uh, they exceeded their first, their phase one goal of 650,000. They raised 687. Uh, they're gonna launch a capital campaign later this year. Uh, they have a few different, uh, they've got a new software platform they're building um, to connect businesses and like have training opportunities all in one place. And they'll have a new kitchen, a bigger kitchen, kind of like uh, office space, um, co-working space, office rentals. Um, so that's just a little update on where they're at. Looking at construction, hopefully later this, this fall. Uh, and we really want to, I think one gap in our tool set is, is startup businesses. We don't support any startup businesses right now. So I think next year, that will be a priority is like a home base startup business fund, which will come out of this um, incubator, incubator program. I think next I want to just thank you for letting me come here and speak. Um, if you have specific questions about the business development fund, I know I covered a lot. Um, and if you have specific questions for room 35, they're here. Two. Next, uh, we have Molly Trueblood from United Way, who's going to speak a little bit about United Way and their programs. Thank, thank you very much, Melody. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you here. I appreciate hearing about all the good work. Hello. Thank you, Melody, and thanks for the great work that you do. It's a pleasure to work with you. Uh, thank you, Mayor Anderson, Vice Mayor Cooney, and Commissioners. Uh, hi, Laura. Um, I am Molly. I'm with United Way of South Central Michigan, and I'm here. Whoops, I should advance the slide, shouldn't I? Um, to talk about a program we have in partnership with the Community Planning Economic Development Department. Um, as well as Foundation for Excellence. So thank you for your support. I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm going to present on the Kalamazoo Micro Enterprise Grant Program. This is one of three programs that we have in partnership with the city and FFE. Uh, this is a $5,000 um, relief grant that we target for the smallest businesses in Kalamazoo. And I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about some of our impacts. Uh, the first slide shows the overall impacts of the program these three years. I do have some printouts for you of these uh, data and they're available on our website as well. Um, you can see we've been able to serve 250 businesses through this program in three years and we've distributed over a million dollars as well. We also have three priorities uh, funding in this program. So we focus on supporting business owners who identify as BIPOC, that means black, indigenous, all people of color, as well as folks who identify as women or female in their application. And then we also focus on supporting businesses in the shared prosperity Kalamazoo neighborhoods. Uh, you can see kind of our impacts there broken down by how many of those priorities the applicants have met over the three years. And we do break that out by year as well. 
Um, so as I mentioned, uh, we've been able to serve 250 businesses, and we try to um, focus on the SPK neighborhoods, but we don't limit that. Um, you can see on this slide uh, the results from the spring grant round. So we made 60 grants so far this year. We actually have another 60 grants that we'll give out this year um, in the fall, and the application's just open for that, so it's a good time to be here. Um, in the spring round, we were able to distribute 38% of our 60 grants to north side business owners, 15% to east side, and about 8% to Edison, and the rest were distributed across other neighborhoods. It's great to see uh, the breadth of this program uh, as it touches um, lots of businesses in the city of Kalamazoo. And uh, before I go on too much further, sorry. <laughs> Um, I wanted to piggyback off of what Director Mitchell said and um, share that this one of the most exciting parts of the program has been really to collect data for the city on, again, what businesses are out there and what do they need. So we've been sharing, as part of our agreement, um, information on all of our awardees and where they're located, um, as well with FFE staff so we can look at the impact overall of the city and um, plan how we might grow this program in the future. Um, so the $5,000 grant is um, a flat grant for everyone who's awarded. It is intended to be used for business expenses, but it is also flexible. So we recognize that business owners often have household or personal expenses that need to be addressed, such as their own personal rent or expenses that they need to have taken care of in order to continue to operate their business. And that's really, in my mind, what we're trying to do is keep these businesses open. Um, so they can generally be used for things like equipment, um, supporting employees, um, or other operating expenses. You can see on the slide in the 2021 round, so last year's round, we made 90 grants. 20% of those folks used that grant to support employees specifically. Um, I'm sorry, 20 businesses, not 20%. And then 17 businesses use that grant um, to specifically um, gear up on new equipment, supplies, or inventory. And there's a quote there I won't read to you, but uh, business owners do provide us with reports six months after the grant to let us know how the grant impacted their business and whether they're still open. So that's part of the data collection we've been doing as well. And <laughs> We've uh, talked a little bit about um, who we're trying to reach with these programs, but we wouldn't be able to do this without partners in the community. And we really see ourselves as playing a role in the community and supporting what our other partners are doing, um, such as the ones listed here. Um, and we do focus on, uh, like I talk to Melody pretty frequently, supporting businesses that, uh, and referring businesses to each other that might need our grant or someone else's grant. So. Um, this is the 2022 or part of the 2022 beta uh, cohort, and so uh, we pay attention, we contact those folks and make sure we're offering support as well. Um, Director Mitchell is very good about uh, reminding us that no business should leave us without being connected to a resource, and we work really hard to be together on that goal and really make sure everybody has um, some support. And uh, I won't go into the Imagine Kalamazoo goal, but we are part of that goal as well. And um, we work really hard to collaborate um, with folks in our network and to make sure that our program is contributing to the work that our partners do in the small business development ecosystem. 
So we do have some goals for this program that we set in partnership with FFE and city staff. Um, we do aim to distribute all of our funding that we're given from the city, and so far we've been able to do that every year. Um, our metrics of success or our um, performance indicators are the percentage of awardees that identify as BIPOC, the percentage that identify as women or female, and the percentage that come from SBK neighborhoods. So we had one grant round so far this year. We're going to do another one, as I mentioned, um, this fall. So the impacts of the program so far this year are what's on the screen currently. So we've distributed 60 grants so far this year. Um, 23 of those awardees met all three of our stated priority criteria. So they're identified as BIPOC, um, female, as well as an SBK neighborhood. Um, and then you can read down again in the column about how many of those um, priorities each of those 60 grants have met. So um, uh, keeping with the theme, uh, we meet regularly with city and FFE staff um, to share data as well as to report on any issues we're having and make sure we're continuing to refine this program so they can continue to support businesses and the organizations in our community. Um, I would say that one of the areas that Director Mitchell is again pushing us towards and I think is aligned very well with United Way goals is to study in the future our impact on Alice households. Alice means asset limited, income constrained, and employed. Um, and you can see on the screen in the 2019 report, we found that over 50% of households in the city were Alice or below, and that means either Alice or in poverty. And so we want to begin to work together on how we measure impact on households that are Alice and make sure that we're decreasing that number over time and that we're finding ways to reach business owners who are also Alice. We are going to focus that data metric in the SBK neighborhoods, but we're going to try to create a metric that can be used anywhere. And with that, I'm going to pass it back to Melody to um, answer any questions you may have. Thank you very much for the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Molly, very much. Mr. Mitchell. Um, just in conclusion, um, as you can see, one of the things that um, when I came back to the city was important is what, what are you doing in, in the community to really help small businesses? And so everything you've, you've heard tonight is that initiative, what we're trying to accomplish. Um, you'll see at the commission meeting tonight that you got some tax abatements and things like that. These are regular businesses, regular economic development initiatives that we've already done over the years um, to assist businesses. But we've never really dug deep and really worked in this area. So what we've been doing, as you see from the presentation, is that we're digging deep. Um, the blessing is the FFE dollars. They gave us that opportunity. Um, as you can see from United Way, we had 250 businesses. Um, it was one point three, four years ago, um, was asked the question, how many minority businesses you got? And our question was, we don't know. Um, now we know at least we had 250, um, at least working with United Way. We also have additional uh, businesses that are working with um, mistaken as well. Our goal is through the next couple of years by the 2025 initiative is to get to 500 identified micro. Hopefully that process will graduate them into our micro development training center so that we can assist them with growing and expanding. In the future, we also, as Melanie pointed out in the presentation, we're not working with startups. 
We hopefully will be bringing some of the FFE in 20 for 2024 funding to work with um, startup development of businesses, pretty much home-based business development in our neighborhoods, and in, in particular focus on our Share Prosperity um, Initiative neighborhoods. That initiative is also a focus on, as we talked about earlier, that equity initiative, helping businesses, either your quote-unquote workforce development or you're starting a business or getting your business developed. Once those businesses get started, as um, Melanie talked about and United Way talked about, your eligibility is a year. You have to be in business and operation a year to access these dollars that we've been showing. Our goal is to hopefully get 500 businesses that are working together and, as I said, collaborate with United Way and others to go after additional funding beyond FFE to assist us with this growth and development. Our purpose here is create the opportunity that Imagine Kalamazoo stated that we are supposed to be doing. That is our focus. We are trying to balance the skills, as they say, to give opportunities to individuals that don't have the opportunity. That is the purpose of what we're doing in economic development. Um, at this standpoint of our, um, let's say, programming, we are not, not helping big businesses, as you will see from the, the giant tax abatements that you see coming forth. But we are trying to expand our platform that we hopefully impact our neighborhoods in a way that makes a difference for families that help them come off that Alice list. I do have a goal that I won't talk about today um, that I had talked to um, Director Kidd about years ago, we worked with our population, which hopefully I'll bring forth in 2023, of really trying to measure how are we really affecting the population in our neighborhood, um, which also includes housing, um, which we'll talk about next month. So I'll be back here next month and we'll be talking about housing, what we're doing there. But as you can see, um, we're here with a team of folks and everything that's here to answer your questions on not only what we're doing, but what we plan on doing, and hopefully have an impact on this community that will change generations to come. I think the FFE is um, foundation for excellence is similar to the Campus of Promise, that it gives promise to children. The FFE gives promise for families, and we're trying to be a part of that promise to hopefully change the lives of families for not only now, but for generations. And this is part of our initiative, is to really hit the neighborhoods right where they're at and hopefully develop those individuals. And hopefully in the future, develop some youth um, to hopefully be entrepreneurs as well. So we're here to answer any of your questions and hopefully you enjoyed our presentation. And hopefully it was just as exciting as COO Lamb was excited about. <laughs> so questions, please. Th thank you very much, uh, Director Mitchell. Commissioner Hess. I want to thank you, Director Mitchell, for, um, for bringing this to our attention and, and making it really clear. I would be interested in hearing from the folks here with the Blueprint and with Course 60, and just, A, what difference has it made so far in your life, and then what is your vision now for your business, and where do you see yourself going from here? Uh, could you repeat the question again, please? Hi. Um, just introduce yourself and, and let us know the difference that has made so far in your life and what uh, what grant you had had and then your vision. Room 35. Guys. This is room 35. Okay. So um, thank you. And for and what difference it's made so far and what is your vision for the future for your business? Um, so for room 35, 
When we first started, um, we started in a, <laughs> just in an apartment uh, on a couch and we didn't really have much at all. Uh, we didn't have really any money in our bank accounts, to be completely honest, but we had a vision of being able to connect with anyone um, that had an idea of a business or just the passion to start a business and help them get all the resources that they need. Um, and the city of Kalamazoo, uh, can do Kalamazoo, Southwest Michigan First has provided us opportunities where we hopefully within the next year or so we'll have a livable wage and we've been able to help several startups in the area get some of their biggest contracts. I know the, the uh, media company that shot the, the video, the first contract we did with them was 1,000 when we first started the company because that's all we had. The last one we did with them was 16,000. So we're able to work with several different uh, businesses in Kalamazoo and really push the growth. Um, our next year vision uh, for Room 35 is to do 10 rounds of programming. So three rounds of Core 60, two rounds of Blueprint. We're starting a new program that's focused on bookkeeping. Um, and that is to help, uh, I don't know if these numbers are very accurate, but I was saying in Kalamazoo, well over 50% of the businesses aren't properly filing their taxes and things like that. We found from the blueprint in Core 60, that was one of the biggest problems. We're partnering up with Kalamazoo Startup Center, which is very similar to Room 35, but hyper-focus on accounting, and we're hopefully when we do another round of it, we're doing the pilot round this year, mid-October. Hopefully when we do another round, we'll get accredited with KBCC and hopefully have um, students to work with us on that. Um, so again, next year, the vision is to shake hands with 900 to 1,200 small businesses with a focus on minority entrepreneurs in Kalamazoo and to run 10 rounds of programming and hopefully to have 90 entrepreneurs have a very uh, strong success through those programs because we don't want to just run them through programs. We want them to have long-term success. I've been an entrepreneur for many years, and the biggest problem was that longevity, keeping the business afloat and feeling like I was the only one around, feeling alone a lot of the times. And our ultimate goal is to make sure that these businesses stay in business and do not feel alone and have the resources that they need. Oh. I'm Joshua Kenneth Gray, I'm co-founder of Room 35. I'm the director and COO. Are there any other questions? Thank you, Joshua. We appreciate your being here tonight. Yes, you're welcome. Other questions? Yeah. Vice Mayor. Thank you. Oh, this is really great. Really exciting, terrific stuff going. I know that a lot of other cities are doing similar things, and I'm wondering how much we're in touch with them. Specifically, um, there's a guy named Ted Howard who started a project in Cleveland uh, called the Democracy Project. And his idea was to go to the anchor institutions, and he went to the Cleveland Clinic and said, we want to provide your food. And he got a grant. And they, um, they started a co-op with people from the neighborhoods, and they grew lettuce. They gave a million heads of lettuce in the last year. So he's, he's been doing this for years and spreading it to other communities. So I don't know if you guys, I know Kevin knows about him and what he's doing. Have you guys been in touch with him at all? Or? 
No, not not yet. Right right now, we're the, the issue that we were dealing with um, when I first um, got this started and started working with um, economic development on this was data. So one thing that kept happening to me going out into the community was, um, you know, why is the city helping small minority companies? And you know, and I would go, um, what small minority companies are you talking about? Um, and no one could give me a list. No one could buy me information or data. So our, our first issue was, let's prove that we have minority businesses, African-American businesses in the community. Um, as, as you can see, we've identified that and moved forward. Now it's going into the, the next phase of, okay, let's clarify and identify what are those barriers and needs that to help them grow. And that's why we're working with Room 35 and other groups to identify that. Then the next level you're talking about is how do we collaborate with them to really make a significant investment and work with Bronson, Borges, Western Michigan University, K College, KVCCC to get quote unquote the funding business opportunities that hope we hope that they can hopefully expire to get. That takes time in building that platform to not only, um, as, as was talked about, clarifying that the foundation is there, but then hopefully having some of these businesses collaborate, or if not that one business, um, invest in working with Bronson Borges and having all the certifications, certifications um, and all the documentation correct so they can bid on the right project. Um, what we've been trying to do is, like with the uh, black contractors, is position them to make sure they're at the table to make the, you know, to make the bid. Um, because they haven't been at the table to make the bids. As you can see, we got black contractors in the community, but we need to make sure they're positioned to be just as equally, as say, equally yoked to apply for the funding that everyone else is applying for. But we also want to make sure that have, they have the support base so that we can take it to that next level that you're talking about, uh, Vice Mayor Cooney. And then, and then the other guy, we brought in here a number of years ago, a guy named Michael Schumann, who wrote a book called Going Local. And his idea was locality-based import substitution. What are we using in the community that we're paying people from outside the community to provide? And how could we start things to, to make them here? Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, so but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. Okay, good. Thank you. I think it's great. What you're doing is wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Other questions for Director Mitchell? Commissioner Bale. Thanks, Director Mitchell. appreciate you being here. Uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts initially. I know, um, um, Melody, you mentioned uh, something that really stuck out and resonated with me is, you know, uh, Basically, uh, I'm not quoting this exactly, but basically you said, you know, we haven't invested in this ecosystem before. And uh, thinking a lot about a uh, conversation that uh, Vice Mayor Cooney and I had a couple weeks ago, and y you know, you look at a lot of the metrics, like the Kalamazoo Promises come in, game-changing philanthropy, but then you look at our poverty level and it's, it's pretty much stayed the same, right? And, you know, I, I wonder how much you think these efforts and doing more will will have on that. Was that like the missing sauce, if you will, you know, to to really have an impact and dent on that on our high poverty level in the city? 
um, pretty much I'm betting on it that this is that that portion. And I say 50%. And Commissioner, it used to be Commissioner Cooney. Back in the day, it was Commissioner Cooney, but we worked together the first time around. Uh, Vice Mayor Cooney and I have talked about living wage. 50% of it is can you create that hustle that gets you into business? Or if you aren't, everyone can't be an entrepreneur. If they can't, we need to create the vehicle for workforce development so they can move to that next level to get to that living wage. I think this is that, that extra component. Um, I have a lot of friends and family members that have a little businesses on the side. But usually the, the hurdle is, um, even with contracts with us as the government, we have a checklist. Do you fit the checklist? We, we, we try to get minority contractors, but they're missing a little bit of this, they're missing a little bit of that. What we're trying to create here is we're trying to close that gap. So they're not, there's no excuses for them missing this. But we're also providing the funding through FFE to cover, sorry to say, people are taking money out of their savings to get training. Um, our technical assistance is to close that gap so you don't have to go into your home savings account to go to a certain trainee to get your books in order or get work with an attorney. So I believe this is that, that last hurdle to break, as I say, um, that barrier. Um, as you saw, the Alice population is real in our community. What, do you, what are we as a city going to do? This is our effort. Um, this is just one of those efforts. Like I said, workforce development is the other one. It has to be both of them. Everyone can be an entrepreneur. But we can open the door of the possibilities. If you think you can be an entrepreneur, we're going to assist you to be the best entrepreneur you can be. Um, that is the mission here. That is the journey that we're going on. And I think we have the right collaboration teams that we're working with to assist in that. I think our incubator, uh, once it's open, will provide a central location um, that we as a city will be literally physically there, involved with that process. And hopefully, as we work also with the cannabis industry as well, that we'll open some doors through that industry for, you're talking about just serving Western and the city and Bronson, but there's opportunities there. It doesn't have to, you don't have to grow cannabis to be in the cannabis business. There are service components that those businesses need that are just like any other business that we can hopefully get some of our small businesses to assist in that area as well. So that's, that's the mission. Yeah, I think that, you know, the high paying jobs of today and tomorrow, the small business, and I appreciated you really mentioning that, you know, startups and home-based businesses are going to be the next focus because I think that's so important. You think about, like, the communities where you think about what would, like, Grand Rapids be without Meyer or Amway? You know, what would, what would uh, Kalamazoo and Portage be like without Stryker or Upjohn? You know, mm -hmm. you, know yeah. um, you, you know, those, most of those big name companies that uh, largely support communities started as, you know, basement, garage, you know, couch ideas, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I think that's important. I think also learning from the the, uh, the pandemic the last two or three years is that we know about the the she session, you know, that occurred and the gig economy that created with people starting businesses in their home, and they likewise, you know, might be on that precipice of of, of moving to that next phase too. So I, I think that that's uh, really great that you see that. You also alluded to this a little bit about uh, youth entrepreneurs as well. And, you know, creating a, a culture in our young people where they have spaces to get creative and think. And, you know, I see us doing a great job with that uh, or starting to do a great job with that at the college level. But I'm curious, you know, um, you know, if, you, if you've given any thoughts about what that might look in the future uh, to support. Um. Yeah, we, we've, looked, we've talked about it. One thing we've talked about is um, the food truck type of development business. That's going to be part of the incubator, too. 
And one thing we've um, talked to some folks about is how do we work with our local school system to train up some of their future entrepreneurs? And, and one component that that's hopefully possible in the future, and we're, we're still researching it, is working with the school systems to have some of those individuals, those youth, work in um, some pop-up businesses. Um, we have lunch on, on Friday. Can we get some pop-up businesses from our youth to have at those events? Hopefully that keeps growing. Um, but can we get some events like that where they can get that experience? Do we have some festivals? Can we get some pop-up youth businesses at these festivals um, as well? So that's something that we're looking into for the future. Um, um, Steve Brown would say he only has so much FFE dollars to spread around. So we, we have to be strategic and when, when we ask for those dollars and, um, and what's possible, and we're trying to be as much as possible strategic as to move dollars around to open up those opportunities. So that is, that's a plan, but it's not something, that, sorry to say that may be in the 2035 sure. Sure. Imagine Council Initiative Plan. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's exciting uh, thinking about, especially if, you know, as this becomes uh, more and more of a component of what we're, we're about, uh, you know, the Imagine Kalamazoo 20, 2035 is just around the corner. So it'd be a fun to, uh, time to envision what that looks like. Um, you know, a couple of things, I just wanted to, to make a comment, but just get your thoughts about this as well. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, Mel, about comments about barrier access and you talking about the hot spots. Uh, and, and just like your mindset and approach. That's such a change from the way it's always been, right? And that's what we gotta do uh, to be successful and help make people successful. And then just, you know, the fact that instead of it just being that like, you know, you build it and people will come, like, hey, come here to City Hall, go to Rose Street. You know, like the fact that we're like gonna have a satellite office and a connectivity hub of entrepreneurship and acceleration, like how cool is that, you know? Um, hats off to you guys for, for doing that and thinking like that. And I'm, I'm just curious, you know, as you're doing this work, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but, you know, what, what areas do you see other ways that we could provide barrier reduction or support people to uh, help get bureaucracy and get uh, duplication of efforts and all those kind of things out of the way to make it easier for people to do what their dream is? I guess what my idea is, <laughs> Mel, do you have any... She got two. Okay, I'm gonna let her get her two written down and come up and talk about those two. I, I think one of the biggest barriers, which and that's why these programs have, have worked, is ex access to capital. Uh, one of the things that's been um, success that wasn't talked about is um, the loan program at the United Way. Has, is for, at the beginning it was like, is that real money? Are you really trying to help people? You know, you gotta get rid of the doubters first. And so we've crossed that barrier. Now people say, okay, this is real money. We're really helping people. They're calling Melanie, they're, they're you know, calling Molly and saying, okay, this is real money. I know it's real. What is the process? And so we've been really trying to make sure that people understand as well that the United Way funding is not the goal of what the city is trying to do. We're not trying to compete with the banks. Uh, we're not trying to create this new resource of dollars that competes with the banks. We're trying to make sure we're building um, small entrepreneurs up to a position that now they can go to the bank, that they have the tools, capabilities, the funding, um, the books in correct order, the paperwork in the right order, so when they show up to the bank, they have a history of, quote, unquote, what they've done with us, with United Way, that gives them credibility to get the funding to take them to that next level. So that's, that's our mission with that, and I think the gap 
has been access to capital, just a little capital. This, this 5,000 has made humongous difference um, in businesses in, in our city. And we hope to keep this going for a number of years, not forever, um, that's for Steve in the back here, not forever, but definitely for a number of years so that we um, set the foundation to go someplace else and really ask for some real dollars to have a long-term impact. Do you think you too? Yeah. Uh, one of them is just working with Molly at United Way. Like we share documents a lot, so we'll get. I'll hey, do you have so and so's owner's documents? And we'll get consent from the business owner, and I'll get a copy. So that's been super helpful. A step to do just so the business owner doesn't have to, you know, dig up those documents again. Uh, the contractor program. We we had 12 people, and we through meeting every week and building that trust and like listening and being there we we there was two people who were experiencing housing instability housing yeah housing yeah that's how you say it um, so providing the like wraparound if, support like do you need help here's the resources that can help people uh, one person was experiencing food food instability so we connect them with some food resources uh, I think a lot about home ownership in this group so like out of this cohort how many of those people were homeowners and how do we connect them to like a home ownership program with KNHS um, a few of them I know were renting in the core neighborhood so like how do we put them on a path so they can own their own their home own their business if they want um, and continue to grow that way so that was just a couple thoughts I was thinking thank you Thank you very much. Other questions? Commissioner Hoffman. Thank you, Mayor. Um, first, I'm going to say congratulations. Um, this is wonderful. And I think I see a couple of people that were in the, that was in the video in the yes. chambers. So sure. nice to meet you all, and, and congratulations to you as well. Um, I saw on one slide there was a waiting list from 56, and each had over 50, right? Yes. Um, that made me think about what is the capacity for CPN right now? Um, that's not like 50 something, like that was over 100 people, over 150 people waiting to get in on some level. What is that, what is the weight of that for the staff? Like, Well, I, I think that comes with, we, we understand that we, we have limited dollars. And that's where, you know, now, we're, in the past, we didn't have that waiting list. So now people believe that it's real. You know, like uh, Melly um, said, I heard from you help someone else. I would like to get help. So that's real now. So that, that snowball has started mm -hmm. going. So now we're building up a waiting list. Um, the goal is to go beyond FFE dollars. Um, is to use the data that we're um, pulling together, that Melanie's pulling together just on the city side, and the data that you're not really pulling together to go to one of our local foundations and say, this is what we're doing, this is what we've been doing, can you match our dollars? And if we can get that additional quote-unquote match of dollars, we will close that gap temporarily because we think that will inspire others to say, hey, if the community has funding, has services, has the resources to support and drive small businesses to that next level, 
I think I want to take that leap and do my small business. That's where we're going. Um, do we have the capacity? Masters, no, we don't right now. Will we have the capacity in the future? Maybe. Um, I, I, I'm going to say maybe because if all of a sudden, I think Melanie will probably say, if you got me working with 500 business, I need help. Um, two years, she will need help. Uh, right now, she says, I need help and everything. And we're working with AmeriCorps and interns to assist her in that process. Um, but we as a city, we only have so much capacity. Um, you, you have a budget. That budget has to be balanced in the sense of providing services beyond just economic development. Uh, we understand it in our department. Um, we're trying to diversify our capabilities to collaborate with the right partners to leverage our money with other monies. That is our mission. Um, that is the economic way. How can we leverage our funding to capitalize on the possibilities of other funding to have the impact we're trying to have? That's the journey we're on now, the next three years, is to position ourselves to get funding beyond just FFE, um, but to also leverage that funding with other, hopefully, organizations to have the impact that we're having right now. So those 56 that are in waiting aren't in waiting very long. I just want to say this publicly, that burnout is real and the work is so crucial and critical and, and I know it's not something that you shut off. I would be excited uh, to find more funding for CPED it's because the work that you're doing is so necessary for our community. Um, we need more bodies to do the work. And yes, we do have a budget. It's about allocation. We have the resources. Is how are they being allocated? So I just want to put that out there publicly that I will be pushing uh, for more bodies to do help. Hi, I'm Molly again. Um, I kind of want to connect Commissioner Prado and uh, Commissioner Hoffman's questions. Um, one of the barriers that we see in the loan program at United Way is what you might call financial literacy. And the administration part of running a business is often really hard for people to understand if they've never had the training or uh, privilege to attend school um, the way some of us have. So I definitely see that as a barrier and a capacity issue. So Melody and I spend, as you heard, a lot of time advising people um, on how to fill out our applications. And that inevitably leads to questions about well, do I need to file my business taxes if I only made $2,000 last year? And other kind of technical business administration questions that we're not actually paid to do. So um, just wanted to make that connection that we are really grateful for folks like Room 35 to come in and provide that assistance. That is critical. And in my opinion, that kind of financial education is what really would benefit our capacity to advise those business owners about the administration part of the piece, um, which I think is planned to be in the next incubator, or, sorry, in the next program as well as the incubator. So just wanted to make that connection of barriers and capacity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thought she was going to say she better give us some money, but no doubt. <laughs> I saw Chris back there. I said, oh, Christmas whisper in the year. We got some more money. Uh, that was a dream that didn't happen, so it's all right. Um, but but as, a, as I was stating, we're building up the capacity. Um, we will be coming in front of you saying, hey, we need more help. Um, but we're realistic. We understand there's only so much um, you can do, only so much the city has the capacity to do. 
the blessing is we do have those FFE dollars to tap into. Um, I remember the years we didn't have those, um, as I mean, Commissioner Cooney in the past uh, talked about. Um, but with that understanding, um, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to be creative. We're going to work with the right partners. Um, we're going to um, hopefully, as I say, the, the boards of all our foundations are watching tonight and understand that we need their help. Um, if they're going to invest in the community, this is a new and creative way to do that. Um, they've been doing it the other way for a long time. Let's try this one. Um, I think this is, as uh, Commissioner Prado said, that gap closing opportunity. But we need others to step up to the table and assist us to do this. Um, this is the big give. You know, giving opportunities to individuals to change their lives forever. And um, my wife is an entrepreneur. I am a home-based business um, collaborator. And my son now is a home-based business developer. It has changed his life. So make the opportunity possible. City Council has done that. What we do with it now is up to this commission, this mayor, um, hopefully, you have partners outside of this chamber that will step up to assist us to get to that next level. So thank you. Thank you, Church Mitchell. Any other questions for anyone on the team here tonight? All right, seeing at this point, uh, I just wanted to finish up saying thank you, Church Mitchell. Uh, how long have you, you've been recently promoted, correct? Yeah, like three weeks. Three weeks, okay. So here we are three weeks in. Uh, Director of uh, Community Planning and Economic Development, the City of Kalamazoo. Lot, and this is one small piece yes. of the work that you do there. So I appreciate your depth of interest in this sliver of the greater work and your involvement there. Uh, and uh, I can feel you already, you feel like a director. And uh, I appreciate the, uh, your commitment and your your vision and your uh, really the, the approach you bring to this work. So thank you so much. So thank you, Molly. Thank you, Melody. I also want to recognize Chris Sargent, CEO. Is that right? Uh, United Way of Battle Creek in Kalamazoo, right? Does Battle Creek go first on that one? <laughs> South Central, oh yeah, this is the third change. Okay, sorry, I missed that one. <laughs> uh, South Central Michigan, thank you, CEO Lamb, and uh, members of Room 35, thank you for your work here, thank you for your commitment, and those of you who are also participating in this, thank you for being here this evening. It's a good story, and uh, yeah, we'll keep doing this work together. Any other commissioner comments for our Committee of the Whole meeting? All right, Simon, I just want to remind people that this was our, our working meeting for the evening, our Committee of the Whole meeting. We have a business meeting, which we have a lot of things on that agenda that starts at 7 o'clock tonight. There will also be an opportunity to make comments, public comments at that meeting here in the chambers, as well as calling in. Thank you, everyone who's watched online and everyone who took the time to come down here for this meeting this evening. We are adjourned. <laughs>